Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from beautiful Mount Pearl, Newfoundland and Labrador. Welcome to Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr. Coming back off a wild week in Buffalo, New York. I'll get into it in a minute. Hope everybody's enjoying the last few hours of summer. I guess from a perspective of you know, Labor Day weekend is always, uh, at least in North America, is always that uh, signifier. You know, school starts tomorrow. In most places, I assume, in North America, at least this week. Not sure the way it works in the rest of the world. I really don't. It's one thing. I'm guessing a lot of the world, at least those in the Western Hemisphere, that just finished summer, school, Kids return to school relatively soon. For Penny Lane, that would be uh, Wednesday. Tomorrow, the teachers gather, whatever they do for the first day. And the next day, they're in. Which is nice. Nice little break for Penny Lane. But, uh, you know, school's good, really. None of us, I think, love going. Or, or at least, I used to tell myself, oh, man, school. But I really, in the subconsciously I probably didn't want to admit it but I liked it you know it's good to see everybody your buddies and get in there and face adversity and have to have some kind of a schedule and even though you don't realize that you need that when you're younger it really is a positive thing anyway I love September if you ask me in you know other if you asked me in January or February, I, I wouldn't really say September because I look forward to summer. And the only thing I don't like about September is that after September is gloom. The days get shorter, you know, each day. So there's, there's a little blanket of negativity. And I know people say, oh, I love winter. I know, but I don't like, there's a lot about winter. You know, I play hockey. That's great. You know, there's fluffy snow is nice and making snowmen and you know i get it and christmas eve and ski days at the lodge all good but i'd take a hundred percent every time summer 
spring is probably my favorite because it's just, the days are getting longer and you're reminded that summer's coming. And September is pretty much the same weather except, yeah, those days getting shorter. I don't even care. You could argue with me about the winter and it's nice and, you know, skidooing and whatever it is that you like to do, but I don't like it getting dark, you know, pretty much people in Canada anyway and big parts of the U.S., you know what I mean. It's like it gets dark way earlier. Like for for us, I don't know, what's the shortest day of the year? December 22nd, I suppose. What do they call it? The solstice or some shit? Um, yeah, man, it's like 4.30 or something. Like four, between 4 and 5 o'clock, it's starting to get dark out. It's like pitch black by 5.30 or 6. Probably even earlier. I hate that. Now it's a good time to, uh, you know, there's all kinds of reasons that this, the, the, the winter is okay, I guess, and you can make the best out of it, but I don't know. I like long days. I like barbecues. I like swimming. I like patios. I like outdoor concerts more than I like skidooing, ice fishing. Skating, shoveling. I like the act of skating because I'm a hockey player. Doesn't have to be on December fucking 25th. December 25th is Christmas goddamn day. Um, wow, that was a blas blasphemous sentence. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be January 7th. You deal with those days because they're there. And I love my buddies in Canada and we certainly have a good time in the winter despite the fact that it's freezing. But uh, ideally, as I get older, if I could ever put myself in the position, and I mean, podcast is part of my living now, so I probably could. I'd like to like know I'm getting away in November and January or February for like two weeks. That That would really break it up well for me. Christmas is nice, breaks up the winter. Um... But, you know, if I knew in November, say, uh, in like the last two weeks of January or, or, or the first two of February that I'd be in Florida or somewhere, I'm not saying to ever invest in a place, but just get away and be able to do that. The more I talk about it, why can't I? Like I said, I can do my pod from down there. It's just a plane ticket, really. Finding a spot to stay. Well, maybe I will. Now, listen. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I really do. And uh, to listen to me flap my lips. But I got some great guests coming up. And uh, on Friday, I don't want to say who yet because I got four or five options. But I appreciate it. And you're going to get some guests. And I'm going to put some time and effort into the question and ask the question process and, and the organization of my pod. It's been, uh, I feel like I've been, what's the word? I don't want to use the word selfish lately, but uh, I know I get a lot of listeners that probably enjoy, uh, you know, when I have a guest more than anything. And especially in the summer when a lot of sports, we have hockey shut down, you know, the NBA, the NFL, you got some baseball. I don't really talk about it. 
Um, you know, I suppose golf, tennis, those things are happening, but not in really in my world. I don't talk about them. You don't tune into this show to get a tennis story. So because everything's shut down, I should be able to get more guests, which I probably could. But I, uh, you know, still am involved in amateur sports and I take them seriously and I love playing. I love the competition of playing top level anything. So at the uh, sacrifice of my listeners, I, uh, I've i been lax lately, but I promise you some great guests. Now, that being said, so Buffalo, New York, man, it was wild. As many of you know, I was down there for the World Ball Hockey Championship. So we went through and we played. Who do we play? We went U.S. first game and they were real good. We beat them seven to three, but ball hockey's like momentum and power plays. And I, I just knew that they were better than that. Bobby Hauser, you guys know Big Deal Selects. You watch me on Chicklets Cup. If you don't, uh, by all means, check out YouTube or Chicklets Cup. We do a little three-on-three deck hockey, or they call it deck hockey down there, three-on-three. Bobby Hauser's on my team. I I say that because he's one of the best opponents I've ever had. He's an ice hockey or ball hockey, a real competitor, and uh, we've had some great international games against each other over the years, so I pick him for Team Canada, or or, sorry, for the big deal selects for that reason. So anyway, he was down there, and he played that first game. Played okay, but we beat them. My line mate, Jeremy Bishop, another big deal select, he had uh, had a hat trick. Then the next game, we played Portugal, 3-1, Greece, 3-2. And these aren't pushover teams. When I say that, people are like, oh, come on, you're going to play Portugal and you didn't win 10-1? No. Um, A lot of them are dual citizenship Canadian uh, as well, right? So they can play. And, you know, a lot of these places, like in Toronto, for example, in like Little Italy, and and Italy had a team there that are really good. Um, You know, and, and, and these a lot of, say, immigrants come over, uh, you know, at some point years ago, and they raise their families in these neighborhoods. And I know a lot from Toronto and Montreal. I know it exists in all kinds of places. Um, but, well, I mean, the ball hockey world and different cultures, I mean, but just my experience in Canada, there's some hotbeds. And like, you know, Portugal, a lot of those guys are from Toronto that have their citizenship in both places that are great hockey players. And some of them grew up not playing ice hockey, but they're real good at ball hockey. Um, you know, when we go back and play in the national championships, I've played with and against a lot of these guys. I've won championships with them on a, on a Canadian level, national level. But, um, you know, we go to these things, so they're they're good. Like Greece won the bronze, right? Like we, we had to run into them again in the semis, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So it went U.S., Portugal, Greece, and then we played Bermuda. Bermuda are better than you think. Um, Oh, sorry, Great Britain. And Great Britain weren't very good. No, we beat them like 15 to nothing. That was 4-0. But I mean, honestly, we it's a toss-up between the first three games. We just happened to come out on top. And we were real deep. I do think we were the best team there. But I'm just, we we weren't like miles ahead of those teams. That's not the way it works uh, on a world level in ball hockey. And, uh, and it's not one of these things like uh, where Canada wins every time. No, it's not. Um, we went like it's every second year, and Canada's gone over a decade without winning. Like I said, there's a lot of parity. So anyway, we finished four and zero. So that means now there's a whole other division there that had the way it works in Canada. 
is that if you win the national championship, you have the option to take that team to the Worlds as a team. And you get like three or four pickups, but you take that team to the Worlds as a team. So Saskatchewan won our national championship, and they were there as well on the other side. Real good. And they picked up Justin Pender, another big deal select you guys might have heard of, and Donnie Goss and Matt, uh, Mitchell Bragg from Newfoundland. And they were three you know, of our better players at the national level when I played with Newfoundland. Anyway, so Saskatchewan were, were firing on all cylinders. Uh, you had, who else on the other side? Slovakia, they were good. You had Haiti. Um, you had Bermuda. And you had one other team. I forget, but anyway. So Haiti and Great Britain, they they struggled a little bit. But other than that, any of these teams, and we paid, we ended up playing Bermuda in the crossover, right? We finished first, so in the quarterfinal, we we play the team who finished last in the playoffs over there. So that would be Bermuda. But Bermuda are better than you think. They've It's all transplanted Canadians with dual citizenships that are working down there, most of them in the finance district. For example, ex-Red Deer Rebel, Doug Lynch, that came in after me, Doug scored the winner in the Memorial Cup final when the Red Deer won the Memorial Cup in 2001, I think it was. Well, like Doug was on Bermuda, right? They were They, they were all... Hockey players, most of them from Canada or the U.S., but it wasn't this team full of people that, you know, it wasn't cool runnings type thing. So they were all right. I think we beat them. Uh, that was in the crossover, yes. So we beat them, I think, seven to three. They were like, okay, right? Um, and then, of course, brings us to the semifinal, Greece. And we beat Greece again this time, uh, 6-2, I believe, roughly. Uh, the exact score is not important. So then we f- we play the final. So U.S. come out, and they beat uh, our, the other team, Canada, like I said, Saskatchewan, 3-2. to two. They played real well. Sask had a great team. I honestly kind of thought we'd see them in the final if we made the final. But uh, U.S. got better with every game. Hauser played unreal, and they win 3-2. to two. So um, we... Uh, you know, we the game was 3 o'clock two days ago on Saturday. And so it was at this real beautiful place. It's where we play Chicklets Cup, but Chicklets Cup were out on the pavement. We set up the rink outside. This is inside where they do the roller hockey part, the Riverworks. And uh, I mean the roller hockey part of the Chicklets Cup. So, yeah, it was the exact same venue. And I'll be there again in a month for Chicklets Cup. It's the same venue. Wild how that happened. Total fluke. Um, anyway. So on Saturday was like a pre-football season Bills Mafia like kind of party because we're right on the river. So there's all kinds of boats and, and Bills fans, and then kind of they, they, you know, there was people coming to see the game anyway. I mean, we're playing the U.S., so we knew there'd be some fans. But all this was happening, so you know, it all kind of conglomerated. We're at the same spot, so we were all in the one area. So the U.S. ended up having a big following at the game in and around the rink there was a huge buzz and uh, anyway the game we scored two right off the bat to go up now the way it works in ball hockey three periods of 12 minutes at the world's three periods 12 minutes obviously stop time and uh but uh anyway anyway so you know if you get out to a good start it means a lot so we were two nothing like four minutes in 
they score one. We score again. It's three to one. It's three to one. It's three to one. It's three to one. The second period goes by. It's three to one. Right up until two minutes and 35 seconds left, they get a power play. We kill it. Sorry, sorry. Four minutes. We kill it. But at the very end of it, it's two minutes, 35 seconds. So we've killed the penalty. They score three to two. Drop the ball. They come at us with everything. And they just pulled their goalie because they were down by two. So they scored. And they end up scoring again with 35 seconds left. Hauser came in from behind the net, backhand, hits somebody, bounces off something else, bounce, 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 ends up in the back of the fucking net. They're all going crazy. Less than a minute left. They've tied the game up. Can't believe it. I'm going. No one wants to say it on our bench, but talk about, just talk about <laughs> a devastating blow. You're up three to one at a world championship. You know, when we get rings and everything for this, like it's, you know, there was a lot at stake. Obviously, it's a world fucking championship. Wouldn't matter if it was darts. But anyway, I'm going, holy fuck. So, we, and they got all the momentum, obviously. So overtime starts, and I come out. Now I got my, on the back side of my wrist, say if you're looking at your hand, and you're looking at, you're like from palm facing down, and you're looking at your hand. Okay, so not on the thumb side, on the other side, going down from my pinky. That little joint in my wrist, so the muscles around it were, I, I, you know, you might get tendonitis. Anybody has ever had it right there? I can't. I used to get it from swinging a bat sometimes if I swung too hard and let it go. Anyway, so that part was hurting. But I mean, good enough to play. Obviously, it's a fucking final. I had a couple painkillers in me, but like it was, it was just the game before. I like jammed it kind of thing, right? So anyway, I was back checking Bobby Hauser of all people, and I went to lift my stick over my head, like to the other side of my body, just to transfer the weight of the stick. And halfway up, like it's my wrist kind of gave out and I fucking chopped him over the head. So I go in the penalty box. Now it's overtime in a world championship final. I'm sitting there. The fucking place is fucking USA, USA, USA. Couldn't hear yourself think it was so fucking loud. And I'm looking over at our bench going, oh my God, I could have just blown it. I could have just cost all those guys or I... <laughs> You know, a, a gold medal, a ring, a, a, a story, so much was at stake, man. And, and I really wear those things hard. I don't know what I would have done. I wouldn't, I would have just honestly fucking, I don't know. I don't know. I would have just gone home and never talked to anybody. It would have taken a long time. I don't know that I ever would have gotten over it. Anyway, we fucking, they hit the post, but we fucking killed it off. I couldn't believe it. Not only do we kill it off. Not only do we kill it off, at the end of it, Marcella Fortune gets a breakaway and he gets hauled down. So now, 20 seconds, I'm coming out and we got a power play. So I come out, we don't score on the power play. Now it's five on five. It's like the last three minutes of overtime. They get a fucking breakaway, hauled down, penalty shot. And one of their best players, Danny Schlegel. So anyway, fuck, he goes down. Unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable. Christian Latin, L-A-T-I-N, Latin, I think is how you say it because he's French, makes the save, played on Real Forest, top goalie. Oh, my God, I'm going, holy shit, I've never had such a swing of emotion in a game. 
So overtime ends. What do they do in the World Championships? Yeah, obviously, because I think you're pressed for time. They go into a shootout. Same rules, roughly as hockey. Uh, obviously, hockey's twenty minute periods, but roughly in that, eventually it goes to a shootout. It doesn't go to like ten overtimes in a row, two and shootout. So anyway, we get. Oh, sorry, just that one overtime and shootout. So we get to the shootout and fucking. We score right off the bat. We score right off the bat. Stewie comes in and uh, makes a great move. Backhand, goal. They miss. Sean Fair goes down. Goal. It's 2 nothing for us. They miss. So now all we have to do, it's five shots. All we have to do, like there's three left on each side. If they miss, we just have to score one of these. So we shot first. We miss. They miss. We miss, they score. We miss. If they go down and score, they tie it up. All we had to do, right, we had five chances to just get either two goals or two saves or a mix of both. Anyway, they go down. Guy makes a nice move, goes backhand, kind of that one, one-handed one backdoor deke, pulls it off, but hits the post, and we fucking win. Well, what a goddamn story. What a tournament. Um. Just, it was a blast to get out there. I don't want to sound like cliche. I don't, but a lot of my good friends over the years that I've played with and against, some of them I've won with, some of them I haven't. We had five Newfoundlanders on the team. Mike Dyke, Chris Sparks, Jeremy Bishop, myself, and uh, Ryan Delaney. For Ryan Delaney, Sparks, and Dyke, it was their first world championship. They've had a few chances at it. And for me and Bishop, it was four, but it was... Um, each one is different, and uh, I just, uh, yeah, it was wild. Thanks to uh, Terry Milby for taking some great photos coming down to see it. I had a friend at CS. I had a friend, Derica, come down from uh, Sudbury. Um, my friend, Gina, uh, came to watch some. Um, I had friends there from Buffalo who I met at Chicklets Cup. Uh, Kim and Dean, I believe. Thank you, guys. Um, the first day I was there, I ran into some people. I spoke about the, the, the whole astrology bit that I did. Anyway, there was a group of people, and they ended up staying for two extra days just to watch the final. And uh, even though I didn't see you guys after the game, there was a bit of a party happening. But thanks a lot for coming down. I really appreciate that. And all the friends and the rest of the friends and family that I didn't get to see. Or to my roommate, Yannick Tifu, an ex-pro hockey player, a good, great pro hockey player. Um, played in the Q, played in the East Coast, played in the A, and uh, just a few years younger than me. And uh, we were roommates. I'd always heard of the guy. I knew we'd get along. And uh, anyway, it was great having you for a roommate, my friend. And uh, anyway, to the rest of the friends and the family that I didn't really get to converse with a lot, it was great to have you guys there and uh, cheering for us because it means a lot, especially in a sea of U.S. Not only fans, but the jerseys. And the way that day all came together was pretty wild. And, uh, you know, congrats to the girls' team as well. The girls' team, my friend Michelle Mars and company, they uh, they also captured goal winning, winning against U.S. 3 nothing in the final. But you guys were up there and you were vocal. We had a section of Canadian fans, probably, I don't know, 
70, 80 large. And uh, if we didn't have them, it would have made a difference. We could hear you guys. It was, uh, we felt the momentum and we appreciate it. So anyway, that's it. Order the rings. I'm uh, excited for my buddies more than anything. And um, yeah, I guess that was, I've won in 03 and 07 in the open division and then 0, or, or 18 and uh, 23 now in the master's division. And I dare say that'll probably be my last international ball hockey tournament, I would think. Most guys on our team are in their 30s, right? Obviously, it's a 34-plus. And uh, I mean, I didn't feel... I felt I felt great. I tied for the team lead in scoring with, with Tifu. Um, but, you know, I got to be honest, man. You get out there and... And you play those events, and when like you know, I got a lot going on now in the acting world and everything else. And uh, if if you don't get to give your whole time to something that is as physically demanding as ball hockey, and you can't be your absolute best, then you know it. It it, it just what's the world? It tails off. It it, it tails off quickly. Like I notice when I don't run for like or or play hockey is one thing, but. If I don't run for a couple months, meaning like have a game of ball hockey or something, like I go back and it feels like I'm at camp and I'm like fucking 18 in the NHL. Like it's really, you you you, you know you as you get in better shape, like being in being in top physical shape matters to most in ball hockey. To me, it's a fucking huge thing. You know, if you have time and space, if you can get to the ball first, um, then you know, obviously you have a huge advantage. The same thing with skating. It just, it, when you're running around, it's a little bit different. You wear out of gas quicker. It's obvious. Players that are not at their best or at least close to cardio-wise, people can carry a bit of weight. Don't get me wrong. Weight is one thing. If you're running every day and you got your body's just used to it, you need to have cardio, though. You have to have cardio. Uh, and the only way to do that is just stay at it once you don't like anything, you know, so who knows? I don't want to bow out quick, but what better a way to end my international career than, uh, and a game like that. And, um, you know, like I said, when you're getting fitted for rings on the last day, you know, you've had a successful journey. College football fans. Are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN as in the Hockey Podcast Network. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort.
21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Now, what else was I going to talk about here? Thursday, I'll be starting with Jason Greger. So I'm going to be on... Uh... His afternoon show, it's 2 o'clock, so I'm on at 3, I believe. I'm on at 6.30 Newfoundland time for you guys. Um, Now, this will be available in podcast form as well. It's the Jason Greger Show, okay? So I'm going to co-host Mondays and Thursdays. It's going to be 6.30 my time. The odd day, I might go on at 7. But it's going to be p.m. here in Newfoundland if you want to listen live. It's going to be available that night or the next day in podcast. Jason has a lot of interesting people uh, on his network and his show this year. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. For those that are in Edmonton, you know, just follow the sports, sports 1440. It's a lot of the same with with Rashog and Gazola and, and Strudwick, Spectre. It's uh, Craig Button. Um it's going to be similar to what, you know, it's just going to be, your, you're going to get your sports radio back. There's just going to be a few different personalities and I'm going to be one of them. Uh, apologies on, <laughs> my phone is going off constantly behind us here. I'm, I'm, I'm on call. I'm pretty excited. Tomorrow I get to act in a show called Son of a Critch. And Mark Critch is, a, is an actor here from Newfoundland. He's a, a comedian. He's on This Hour is 20, This Hour is 22 Minutes. And he's just a real funny guy. He's one of the funniest people I know. Quick Google search, you'll know what I'm talking about. Most people probably already do, Mark Critch. So the show he has is a hit on CBC. It's called Son of a Critch. Check it out. And I'm a huge fan. Um, Malcolm McDowell is in this show. He's famous from many things. I would think A Clockwork Orange being the biggest. He's the lead. Uh, You know what I'm talking about. Um, So he's 80 now, and he's in this show plays uh, Mark's grandfather in the, in the show. Mark's, Mark plays his father, and it takes place. The setting is uh, the late 1980s when he was growing up. Um, so it's, I mean, it's funny if you're from Newfoundland, you really get it. But I, I think, well, I mean, it's a hit show. It's doing well wherever it wherever it's shown. So. It's an honor, outside of all that, it's just an honor to act with Mark Critch. I'm looking forward to it. We haven't really had that opportunity yet. And what am I playing? I'm playing a drunk guy. (laughs) That's the easiest audition ever. And thanks to my lovely daughter, Penny Lane, she helped me with it. But what did I do? Yeah, I had four or five shots of liquor. (laughs) All I got to do is sit there and act belligerent. But anyway, we're going to have a bit of fun with it, I think. Um, But they just phoned me this afternoon and said, hey, Mark might want you to come in tonight. Are you available? We might add to the character. There's a few other things going on in the scene. And, uh, you know, if we could have you there, maybe say a word or two or maybe improvise. And I never get a chance to do that much. So it's uh, 50-50, she said, the casting director. Just leave your phone on and we'll get back to you immediately. So normally I put my phone on silent. If you've heard it going off behind me, apologies. Uh, Okay. 
Now, a few of you guys had some questions, and uh, I, I haven't gotten to them lately. And one of them, uh, one of them here, I wrote it down. One sec. Okay, so Simone from Australia wanted to know, hey, TR, what's your favorite song that tells a story? And I have a an odd number of followers from Australia, meaning I expected none. And uh, I, I, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of people there that follow Shorzy and follow uh, my podcast. So I like to communicate once in a while with uh, my friends from Down Under. Thank you for following. And to answer your question, hmm, let's see. So the first one that jumps into my mind would be Rocky Raccoon by the Beatles. Um, the Devil Went Down to Georgia is probably, my daughter and I listen to that the most. I just love that story. American Pie, if I have never explained that on this, someone shoot me a note and remind me. I don't want to go through all that now. That's probably... Mm, man, okay. Yeah, that. A lot of people know the chorus, you know, American Pie about the plane going down, but the, the verses are about the history of rock and roll up to that point. The Jesters, Bob Dylan, Satan's, Mick Jagger, the Beatles, the marching band. There's a lot going on. But my dad actually used to teach that when he taught history. Um, Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. I'd seen this question earlier. I would have wrote it. Anyway, th those pop into my head. But I know what my favorite is. So I think American Pie has the best story to tell. And I promise you I will tell that soon. But I don't need much research to know what my favorite is. So my favorite is The Gambler by Kenny Rogers. I, I'm guessing 99% of the people I'm talking to know about this song. But I'll tell you why. Um, obviously... You know, a guy, I mean, the whole premise of it, a guy gets onto a train, right? Bound for nowhere. In other words, it's not important where we're going, right? So they got on and and the boredom overtook us and he began to speak, right? So this guy has obviously lived a long time. He's an old vet. He's an experienced old wise guy, wise man, not wise guy like mafia. I guess who even knows if he's wise when it comes to experience, he's got a lot of it. He's had ups and downs and he starts giving advice. He's at the end of his life and he's given advice to a younger guy. Now the song obviously is all about which hand you play. And you know, uh, every gambler knows the secret to surviving is knowing what to throw away and knowing what to keep because every hand's a winner and every hand's a loser. And the best that you can hope for is to die in your sleep. So, and you know, the, the other, all the words kind of revolve around playing poker, but I never took it like that. I, I don't, I mean, I'm sure that's part of it, but I think it's a metaphor for life and the cycle of life. And, you know, I always took it, those lines, every hand's a winner and every hand's a loser. In other words, each day you get up, it, you know, you, you can make whatever you want of it. You can look at it optimistically. You can look at it pessimistically. 
for every win, I just want a gold medal. There's a loss. You know, I can think of five times that I lost in big games, and the crush of defeat is matched yesterday by the exuberance of winning. But, you know, each day has opportunities like that. They're just not as obvious. Uh, I can either look at my daughter and be upset that she should have done more homework and didn't do as well on her test, or I can embrace the fact that she's alive, work on what she needs to work on, and help her in a positive way. I can either frown on the fact that I blew a lot of my money. This is personal. You know, of all my money from the NHL. I put my family at one point in a bad position. Um, and, you know, now I live in a modest place in uh, a small town. And, but that's, that's, that's good. You know, I can look at that and go, I, I could be in, if I just played my cards right in the NHL, I could be living in a high rise in New York right now, or I could be living on a, I could have my own ranch in Phoenix or, or I could be dead though. Right. So, you know, every hand's a winner. The hand that I have now personally that I feel in my life is a winner. I could look at it like a loser. Uh, you know, I'm not explaining this right, but just in my mind, those words resonate. It's it's what you make of it. Life is what you make of it. And eventually, you know, the best you can hope for is to die in your sleep, which the gambler ends up doing at the end of the song. But, you know, because that's going to happen anyway. And how you fill it, you're going to be born and you're going to die. Now, how are you going to fill those gaps in between? Right? I can see you're out of aces. For a taste of your whiskey, I'll give you some advice. And the guy being out of aces, it was just like right at the beginning of the song, right? Because they're not playing cards. I just took it always as, hey, son, I can see you're out of aces. In other words, I can see you're, there's something on your mind. You're, you're missing a bit of direction, right? Whatever it is, it's not that bad. Every hand's a winner and every hand's a loser. Get out there and live your life. Make the most of it. I And, and the way that he... You know, the way he, the, the word isn't personifies that guy, but, but the the imagery from the song and the the simplicity of the lesson, it is cards, but it's also real life. And you can sum up everything. You can sum up your, you know, your whole outlook and worldview could be, could fall under the umbrella of all the words that the gambler's telling the younger fella, right? And then at the end when, you know, somewhere in the darkness, the gambler, he broke even, even. Somewhere in the darkness, the gambler, he broke even. In, a, in his final words, I found an ace that I could keep. Yeah, that's it. It, it. In other words, the ace that I could keep is the advice that he gave to me. 
you know, even in dying, right before he gave me this valuable life lesson, you know, it's fortunate I came across him when I did. And that's the cycle of life. Someday it'll happen to me, and I hope that some young fella or gal is there for me to bounce my experience and my knowledge onto. That's why it's my favorite. I always, because it ended up being kind of, I won't say a personal motto, but it ended up being a lesson that I never forgot. And in my position, I have had a lot of ups and downs. And I, uh, you know, I always, Kenny Rogers' lyrics were never too far from my frontal lobe. They were always lurking in my subconscious. Um, now, that being said, you know, see what I mean? I love Devil Went Down to Georgia. Rocky Raccoon is brilliant. Beatles, I love their old-timey piano that they play. It puts your, You almost feel like you're in a bar in the 1880s. Devil Went Down to Georgia is brilliant. I mean, I, I, most people know these songs. If not, please listen. And just the just the, the, the fiddle playing alone, but the story's great in Devil. Uh, like I said, American Pie. Um. Daddy never was a Cadillac kind. Who sings that? Daddy never was the Cadillac kind. It's another great tune. It tears at the heartstrings. That's Confederate Railroad country tune. Are you country fans? The Pina Colada song, Rupert Holmes. Uh, he and his wife are both answering ads in the paper because they're bored with each other. And uh, they end up right at the end. When they go eat, they realize that it's each other. They answer, they both answer an ad, and it ends up being from themselves, and they rekindle their relationship. The Boxer, another great one, Simon and Garfunkel. Luca, Suzanne Vega. Not that that's funny. I'm just trying to, you know, Hotel California, I guess you could put in that. A lot of songs tell stories, stories so to speak, but um, linear kind of short story narratives kind of thing. You know, that's what I'm thinking. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's the one that resonates with me the most. Thank you, Simone, for your question. And thank you very much for listening and watching Shorzy, which uh, now we're only two and a half weeks away, three weeks away from... Uh, from the release of the first two episodes. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, okay, I'm going to take off. I got a lot to do. I just got back and I got to clean this place. My my daughter's mother, my ex-wife, Danielle, is moving back to Newfoundland. She's been living out in Calgary and she's looking forward to it. So I got to finish cleaning this place and then I'm going out in a couple hours to uh, check out some apartments, some houses for her and uh, make her transition as easy as it could possibly be. So. That's what I'm up to. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. And like I said, guys and girls, we had some awesome guests coming. And uh, I appreciate your devotion and your consistency at listening to my mouth flap week to week. But uh, 
I'm looking forward to talking to some old friends and some new acquaintances, and especially with the Jason Greger show. So those of you that tune into Greger, I'll see you guys. I'll uh, hear I'll, uh, you'll hear me Thursday, and uh, for everybody else, Friday at the latest, I'll have an episode of Tales with Tierra with an unreal guest. Thank, thanks for your patience, and I'll catch you on the rebound. Thanks for tuning in. It's been Tales with Tierra with Terry Ryan. Catch you guys on the rebound.